1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here
2: we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
0: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. I have been counting the days. I absolutely cannot wait. For this show to get started, here we are. We're starting. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's an award show. It's the Fantasy Football Today Award Show here on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard. We'll have Jamie Eisenberg uh, joining us shortly. What's up, Dave? Are you an award show guy?
2: (laughs) uh, I've made my way down the red carpet. I'm sorry I'm not wearing my tuxedo today. Uh, But yeah, uh, I'm I'm not really an award show guy. I think awards are kind of silly especially when mm-hmm. they're made-up awards for a pretend football game that we all play. But here we oh, are come nonetheless. On. Here we are nonetheless. I, I, I would prefer an awards show to name the best fantasy manager move of the year or maybe you know nominations for the best commissioner of everybody that's listening out there. Who's the best commissioner? Who's made great rulings? Who's been cool with the other people in their league? Not all this. Who's the fantasy MVP? Everybody knows who the damn fantasy MVP no, is anyway. So let's just roll on with it.
0: Oh, come on. You know what? It's so like you to be negative uh, when we have such a great show planned. We have not only the, – like the awards we have already talked about them a little bit. Uh, that's, I'm sort of excited for that. I'm really excited about the All-Decade team because I think there's going to be some great debate. But let's, let me ask you this to start. And we'll talk about Matt Rule, by the way, uh, who is finalizing a deal with Carolina right now. What was the easiest call for you on the All-Decade team? Now, we are doing an All-Decade team. Dave, Jamie, and Heath each came up with a team. I also did, but it's kind of unofficial uh, because, you know – they're the analysts, right?
2: Why is it unofficial? Uh, well, I, no, no. All right, fine. I think it's official. You, it's think official. I should be fine. official. Yes.
0: I'm happy about that. It's official.
2: I'm excited about the all-decade team, Adam. I think it, this Me is too. actually kind of cool. And I wasn't at first because at first I was like, well, crap, this is going to be easy. Everybody's just going to list the player who had the best stats in the 2010s, and, and that'll be it. But I, I, I realize that there are many different ways that you can value a player or a group of players from a decade and I I chose the way that I thought players should be valued, and, and I went with that to build my team. The easiest one for me was at wide receiver. Calvin Johnson was head and shoulders better than everybody else out there at the position, easily the wide receiver one of the decade 2010 through 2019.
0: That's so funny you say that because the easiest call for me was also at wide receiver, but you picked the wrong one. Antonio Brown was the easiest call. That's
2: my wide receiver too, not to give away too much too early and you know maybe you'll be mad at me for that later but those are my top 2 receivers Calvin and AB
0: yeah same here AB uh number 1 wide receiver 3 times top 3 5 times and Calvin Johnson was the number 1 wide receiver twice obviously he you know toward the back end of the decade he didn't do much but you know he had retired but yeah you have to keep that in mind too Heath <laughs> i think took a took a more like total points of the decade approach, but not all of that. And we'll have to speak for Heath today. Let's go to the big news first, Dave. Uh, Matt Rule finalizing a deal with Carolina. Looked like he was the favorite to land the Giants job. So what's your fantasy take on Matt Rule to the Panthers?
2: I would expect I would expect a more creative approach from Carolina. Not that they they weren't creative last year, but I felt like there were certain limits on what they could do just because of the quarterback situation. But uh, Matt Rule is going to be an interesting hire for them. Um, definitely did a lot of unique things at Baylor. I would imagine that he's going to bring a lot of that over to Carolina.
0: All right. So anything is there anything like if they going to throw the ball more? It seems like a weird fit for Cam Newton. But no, I don't know. Like his quarterback at Baylor could move a little bit. They spread sure. the field. You know, mobile I, I guy. Think, yeah.
2: So I, I think certain elements of what Carolina was doing last year, which is basically like West Coast concept stuff. Get the ball out quick. Let your receivers make a play after a catch. I think that's going to continue. I wonder if the pace gets ratched up a little bit, ratcheted or not ratched, ratcheted up a ratcheted. little bit. You're yeah, r- Ratchet. You know, what that means. <laughs> uh, I, I I think that I think that that could help Carolina out too. They need to really do a good job improving their offensive line and and figuring out if Cam Newton can be their quarterback next year. Okay, we'll probably Jason those Garrett. two things in reverse. In order of importance <laughs> you know made out like the offensive yeah. line is the most important thing and also that cam guy but it's not yeah, that way right. cam's pretty important
0: and jason garrett may be a candidate now for the giants which is weird we'll see what happens oh there. my goodness so, so right. hold on yeah.
2: as a giants fan uh-huh. you you hear that news and you think what
0: i have no opinion on it because look the the initial reaction is like this is embarrassing for the giants they didn't get Ron Rivera. who used to work for Dave Gettleman. They didn't get Matt Rule. It seemed like you know the reports seemed to indicate they were that he was the favorite. I don't know. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't like to speculate. I'm one of the few people in the world who thought that Pat Shermer didn't need to get fired. Didn't seem like a great coaching candidate pool this year. Uh, so. My, you know, what I want right now is uh, Robert Sala to become the coach because I just feel like that guy is awesome and people would want to play for him. But I have no idea, Dave, and I try not to speculate on things that I just don't know about and I don't I care. So I wasn't really that ex- I wasn't really that excited about Matt Rule to begin with. So because look what happened against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. It was a sure. terrible, terrible yeah. audition. So he spit yeah, all over really
2: his, his smock. did you see see that that. you didn't see it okay well you should go and look well actually you probably shouldn't go and look for that i would feel like if they go from pat Shermer to jason garrett it's like going from one fast food place to get a burger to go to another fast food place to get a burger so it's all to me it feels like a lateral move it doesn't it doesn't get me excited i would assume it wouldn't get you excited either robert salah though i think that would excite me a little bit believe it or not yeah he's cool he
0: looks like he's really cool i want to hang out with him let's get him on the show all right awards (laughs) so After Sunday night of week 17, we gave you the four nominees at each position. You, the listeners, then voted on our Facebook page. You got some of them wrong, and I'm going to tell you what you got wrong. But here we go, Dave. Fantasy MVP. We gave you Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Derrick Henry. I'm not going to spend much time on this. Lamar Jackson, the runaway winner, 62.5% of the vote, followed by McCaffrey at 31.7. Michael Thomas got less than 5% of the vote, and Derrick Henry, 1.1%. So there you go, Dave. Lamar Jackson's your MVP.
2: And when I originally sent in my ballot, I had McCaffrey on it, but it was just to be different. I think Lamar Jackson is the runaway MVP and and the obvious choice because you got him with a late-round pick, and he ended up being a legit league winner for you.
0: All right, next award was Fantasy Rookie of the Year. We had two players with more than 40% of the vote. We had Miles Sanders with 4%. We had Terry McLaurin with just under 2%. The winner is, is it Josh Jacobs or A.J. Brown, Dave? What do you think?
2: I think it's going to be Jacobs.
0: You are correct. Josh Jacobs, 52.7%. A.J. Brown, 41.8%. And I think that makes sense, right? Longevity plays in here. It was good from basically week one on.
2: Had over 1,200 total yards, 1,300 total yards, if we're going to be exact about it, seven touchdowns. It was right around what we thought the expectation should be on draft day. We knew there was potential for him to get to 1,510 Maybe that's what comes in his second season. I'd like to see him get a little bit more work in the passing game, but fresh young legs, good offensive line, rejuvenated franchise as they move to Las Vegas. Josh Jacobs should be the centerpiece of that offense, and he should be given even more opportunities. Only 262 touches last year. I expect all of these numbers to rise.
0: Josh Jacobs, just looking at – we did a mock draft yesterday. He went 25th overall the first late of – Round three. Too so what, late. Yeah. Uh, well, you took Chris Carson ahead of him.
2: Uh, Someone else took Chris Carson for me.
0: Oh, okay. Full disclosure. Uh, Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Best waiver wire pickup. The four finalists were Devante Parker, Darren Waller, DJ Chark, and Raheem Mostert. Devante Parker, Darren Waller, DJ Chark, and Raheem Mostert. Who gets your vote?
2: From those four, it's Devante Parker. I think just the, yep. the impact that he made in the second half of the season and the stability and the consistency that he gave us, the, oh, the one game he had with the concussion, that was a dud. Everything else really felt like he was great. So I think Devontae Parker is going to or should earn that award. And he did 66.3%
0: of the vote. And what, what I'm going to be talking about all throughout the year, uh, all throughout the off season with him is two good games against the Bills. I think. Good, great game against the Patriots. Yeah, the best game of any wide receiver, basically in terms of yards against the Patriots since best since Week Six of 2018, Tyreek Hill. So well, he did it in, against tough matchups. It was really impressive. And where did uh, he go in be, our
2: in our mock draft?
0: Went right before I wanted to take him in round five. five. He went Couldn't
2: believe it. To you. Couldn't believe that he was there. Yeah. That I listen, if I'm gonna be, you know, passing on the buck for, for not taking Chris Carson, I also did not take Devontae Parker with that pick. So the person who took both those picks who will join this podcast shortly, I, I should thank him for that one. That was a great pick. I would be surprised if Devontae Parker lasts that long in drafts come August, unless that there's some Massive change to the Miami offense. We know where he's going to play. We know what he's capable of doing. We got questions about the quarterback situation, but I I think Devontae Parker could go a little bit sooner than that.
0: All right. uh, Let's go to break. You know what? Let's take a break because I want Jamie to come on here. Jamie uh, just got done doing HQ. He, uh, he was reacting to the Matt Rule news. We're going to bring him on now. So we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. When we come back, we've got the worst waiver wire pickup, the best single-game performance, the biggest bust, the all-decade team, hopefully some mock draft review, and your emails at at cbsi.com.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Welcome back to the first annual Fantasy Football Awards here from CBS Sports. All right, we welcome our new uh, presenter, Jamie Eisenberg is here. Hello, Jamie. What's up, Jason Garrett? <laughs> oh, gosh, why?
1: <laughs> All right, we got a you few get two, more awards you get two to hand games. out. You get two revenge games a year.
0: How about that? Look, he, let's be honest. He did a pretty good job with the Cowboys. Just didn't do a great job, but he did a pretty good job. He deserves some credit for that. Uh, what was your fantasy reaction that you just talked about on HQ to, to Matt Rule going to the Panthers?
1: I mean, obviously, the you know the three main guys that you're looking at are, well, I guess, four if you want to throw in Curtis Samuel, but um, McCaffrey, Newton, and and DJ Moore. And I don't think it's going to change very much for them. You know, um, you look at Baylor in 2019; their leading rusher was their quarterback. So if you know uh, if Cam's right, then that's a good opportunity for you know him to still get some opportunities. Um, I was reading some stuff on Matt Rule this morning that he would rather be a smash mouth type of uh, run a smash mouth type of offense than a little bit more of uh, some of the things that he did do at Baylor. So we'll see if that um, changes in the NFL. And we'll see uh, who his play caller is going to be. There was a a story in New York that Sean Ryan, who I believe is the quarterback's coach with the Lions, uh, would be his preferred offensive coordinator. That was the guy that he was um, potentially going to take with him if he took the Jets job last year. So we'll see if that's the case. But uh, I think, you know, Rule is going to be a little bit more of a, uh, you know, overseeing type of coach. Than necessarily hands on with one side of the ball. He does have a history with the defense too. You know, I know everybody thinks of him as an offensive guy, but he's he spent some time uh, as a defensive assistant as well. So yeah. um, played linebacker too. Uh, yeah, uh, we could we could see a situation where um, if Cam's right, this offense can bounce back to uh, to pretty respectable level.
0: Mm. So he'll be more of like an overall ruler.
1: <laughs> he will be okay. a ruler, yeah. But I mean, I mean look, you're, you're not getting yeah. away from McCaffrey as yeah. number one overall pick. You don't you don't take this job as as Matt Rule if you're not looking at that as your best asset.
0: Mm-hmm. So far, let's recap. Lamar Jackson is our fantasy MVP. Josh Jacobs is our rookie of the year. The best waiver wire pickup, Devontae Parker. Three awards left. The worst these are the, these waiver wire pickup.
1: Yeah. These are both. Yeah.
0: Okay. The, so the listeners got this one wrong. They're very. Uh, Jamie's going to agree with it. I strongly, strongly disagree with it. Worst waiver wire pickup. Our nominees were Brian Hill, Mike Boone, Ty Johnson, and TJ Hawkinson. Brian Hill, uh, Mike oh. Boone. Ty Johnson and T.J. Hawkins at Dave, who gets your vote?
2: So many, so many, so many sad memories when you run down those names. I'm going to go with Brian Hill. I think that we all expected Brian Hill to to replace Devontae Freeman for a couple of weeks and and just be a dynamo in that Atlanta offense. There were good matchups for him, and man, did he let us down. And then he ends up scoring when like no one's using him, when no one was thinking of him as a as a startable fantasy option. So he would get my pick.
0: So, uh, Jamie, who did you You wanted Brian Hill or Mike Boone? I forget. No,
2: Boone was
1: Boone was the easiest one.
0: Brian Hill was the winner, but he shouldn't yeah. be the winner. Ty Johnson should be the winner. It was very close. Brian Hill, 36. The thing about Brian 0. Hill was, 6%. though, he had a touchdown
1: in the game that, I mean, really, really the one game that everybody looked at was the Panthers game, and he had a touchdown called back. You know, I, and I know we we talk a lot about, uh, you know, touchdowns that, that should have happened that didn't, but if he gets that score, it's not the most miserable of days.
0: You were picking up Brian Hill for two to three games. You were picking up Ty Johnson for like the rest of the season, almost ten games. You, you were spent picking so up Mike Boone for the fantasy him.
1: championship. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst okay,
0: one. but you but but you spent all your fab. A lot of people spent all their fab or most of their fab on Ty Johnson, and he was terrible. I he would love terrible.
1: to know. Here's here's what I like to know. Where did everybody vote on our Facebook page? Yeah. Okay, I would like everybody to comment on our Facebook page who you sat Mike Boone for. Oh, in, God. in week sixteen. <laughs> and I, I think I, that's going to sting a hell of a lot more than the uh, two or three games that you may have invested in Brian Hill or Ty Johnson.
0: Maybe. Uh, okay, so the worst waiver wire pickup was Brian Hill with 36.6%. Ty Johnson was number two with 32.3%. I don't mind Lewin Brian was Hill, though. 20.6%. All right, best single-game performance. Best single-game performance. I voted for Lamar Jackson in week one as a, a table-setter of what was to come. Uh, even though I think it was his third best game of the year, we had Lamar Jackson in week one. We had Sammy Watkins in week one. We had Will Fuller <laughs> in week five. And we had Drew Brees against the 49ers in week 14. Dave, what's your vote?
2: Uh, I would go with Lamar Jackson in week one against the Dolphins because it just, it, it led us, it was the signal for two things. One, how bad the Dolphins defense was going to be. And two, how good the Ravens offense was going to be. Jamie? Uh, it's the one that's not on this list because I think it's ties into what we just talked about. It's Wayne
1: Gallman's week four performance because we said to spend fab on him, and he did deliver for that one game against the Redskins.
0: <laughs> ben and I thought that that was like such a bad call that we had to remove it from the list. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a jerk. But oh, like, you could be a jerk. You're wrong. It, it wasn't that good of a game. It was like a normal game. It was a five. game. He came game.
2: through as a waiver wire guy. I don't know if it's the best one of the year. Will,
0: Skler, Will Fuller was, scored it four It might be the best touchdowns. one of the
2: year for the Giants. But it wasn't. Uh, the Will Fuller one of the is the year
0: winner. For him. Will Fuller had fifty-seven percent of the vote. Yeah, you know the problem I had with it was that he was only started in forty-one percent of leagues. So for most people, he did it on the bench. Yeah, very really impactful. 53.7 <laughs> points against uh, Atlanta for Will Fuller. Uh, he wins. Drew Brees was number two. Lamar Jackson number three. Watkins number four. And then here we go. The biggest bust. People must have listened to Jamie because David Johnson is our biggest bust, which I think is. A terrible job by our lizard. I'm so disappointed in all of you. He was the number seven running back at non-PPR, number five in PPR in his first six games. Then he got hurt, and then you didn't use him. You didn't start him for pretty much the rest of the year. Odell Beckham should have been the winner of this. No, he is, but Beckham's a bigger bust. No.
2: I I get where you're coming from, Adam, and I think I agree with you because people were still starting Odell Beckham far longer than they were starting David Johnson. It's just that right. the people. Well, I don't know if everybody did this, but who had the higher ADP, Johnson or Odell Beckham? I and think I, I think Beckham ended up with a higher ADP. That just that just adds to the argument then that he's so the bigger bust. But people but were you're taking still getting him before him. DJ. You're not
1: getting points from David Johnson because he was doing nothing for you. And he wasn't
2: injured at that. But I almost, almost wish that Odell Beckham was injured or right. not playing so that you would know to move on. From Good job, him. people. He always just tried to like start <laughs> Odell Beckham hoping and praying that he would catch a long pass, and it just it looked like it was never going to happen.
0: All right, all right. So that's uh, those are your awards. Let's recap here. Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Josh Jacobs, Rookie of the Year. Devontae Parker, best waiver wire pickup. Brian Hill, in a very controversial, though we could be talking about this for years, worst waiver wire pickup. <laughs> Uh, Will Fuller with the best single game performance. And David Johnson, the biggest bust. Uh, Remember to watch us on YouTube. Watch us on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. You can see our show uh, throughout the offseason. You'll be able to see us. And we have a lot of other podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcast or podcasts. Either one will take you there. We've got uh, the Pick 6 podcast that you know about. Every day they're talking about football. We've got uh, Fantasy Baseball going to be ramping up now. we got a State of Combat podcast, which is boxing, MMA, and wrestling. Uh, we've got golf. We've got college football. Now's a great time to be listening to that. You can see all of them, cbsports.com slash podcast. And we got a new one uh, with David Sampson, which is really good and getting very popular. right And you now, host so. all of them, right? All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for the All-Decade team. So we were tasked with finding the best quarterback. Which decade are we talking backs, about again? Two uh 1990 1990s. Okay. So you remember a lot Christian of, Randy Moss? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> um one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end and a flex. Jamie, I asked Dave this earlier. Uh who was the easiest call for you?
1: I mean, there's no question, it's Justin Tucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Gronk. Gronk is the Gronk is the
1: the easiest pick of all.
0: Wow. So Gronk is not even Heath's tight end? And he's not. He is not. (laughs) Oh, jeez. He is not my tight end. Another idiot. And you know what? When I saw that Heath went with Graham over Gronk, my first reaction was, Heath is an idiot, which is just sort of a natural reaction to me. But then I went, I looked at where they finished all 10 years during the decade. And I think Jimmy Graham is actually the answer. Because he had better Uh, stats over the decade? No. He had two number one finishes, Gronkowski had three. But Gronkowski had also one number two finish, and Graham had two number two finishes. So they both had four number one and number two finishes. They both were top five five times. Jimmy Graham had one more good season, I'd say. He had six top seven finishes. Gronk only had five of those. Gronk had uh, three finishes outside the top 12, including this year where he didn't play. And Graham had three finishes outside the top 12. They basically had very, very similar stats. I think the injuries with Gronk made him a bust sometimes. Okay. And that, to me, put—it's put, true. I, they, look, Graham, I think, scored more points in the decade. Gronk had a better year. His his best season was a little bit better than Graham's best season. I don't think there's a wrong answer there, to be honest. But I said there's Graham, a wrong answer. And he it's said Graham.
2: <laughs> Dave? Well, you saw who I sent in. It was Mercedes Lewis. He <laughs> was <why>? for hands. <laughs> But I sent in Mercedes Lewis because it's obvious that it's Rob Gronkowski. And even though it's a close call statistically between Graham and Gronk, I just think that Gronk was just such a difference maker and a guy that we were taking uh, certainly toward the top of the tight end board every single year. There might have been one year in there where some people considered Jimmy Graham ahead of Rob Gronkowski. I, I, I just think it's it's pretty easy. It wasn't the the biggest no-brainer of them all for me. Like I said, Calvin Johnson was. But Gronk is certainly, like, number two as far as no-brainers go.
0: Uh, So, Graham, it's easy to forget. He had a four-year stretch where he was number two, number one, number one, and number two. He was great. He was great. Right, he was. Gronk was number one, number five, number 19, and number one in those four years. But then he followed that up with number one after that. So, you know, look, there's... To me, there's no wrong answer. To Dave, to Jamie, there is a wrong answer. Heath had uh, Graham. Let's go to quarterback, because I think we all have the same quarterback, right? I know Gardner- Heath has Mitchell. Breeze. I have Breeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh, <laughs> Breeze? Breeze.
1: Yeah, Breeze. I mean, you could clearly make an argument for Brady, but Breeze, I think, is the best one. Rodgers, too.
2: He had the most yards. He had the most touchdowns. And and I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I... Uh, strike that from the record. How often did you have Drew Brees as your number 1 fantasy quarterback in the 2010s? Maybe once? Oh. Uh I mean
1: no, when you had the consecutive seasons of 5000 yards, I'm sure it was probably two or three times.
2: I I I um I didn't have the time to look back and double check, but I I don't think I had him as my number 1 quarterback more than once mm-hmm. in the entire decade. So he was a good value in terms of ADP on top of being just the most prolific passer of the decade.
0: He had six top three finishes. He was the number one quarterback twice. He was top 12 in nine of 10 seasons. Aaron Rodgers had a good case. He had five top two finishes. Peyton Manning was pretty awesome. Tom Brady was pretty awesome, more toward the beginning of the decade, but we all settled on Drew Brees. Running back was tough. Uh, Jamie, who are your all-decade running backs?
1: My all-decade running backs are LaShawn McCoy and Adrian Peterson.
0: Dave, who are yours?
1: Uh,
2: Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley.
0: Heath has Christian McCaffrey and Lashawn McCoy, and I have Arian Foster.
2: Yeah, that was another and Lashawn
0: McCoy. Mm. I also I considered Foster
1: and I considered Marshawn Lynch too.
0: Oh yeah, four straight finishes for Lynch as RB four through six, but for Foster, three straight top three finishes. Heath knows the (laughs) the decades, ten years, right? Yeah. Well, his (laughs) argument for McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Go ahead. Uh, two of the top five seasons overall for McCaffrey, including the best season, which was 2019. Uh, I get it. I think I would have liked to see one more year. If he had, had three great years, I would have done that. But I just don't like you can't put McCaffrey in over Foster, in my opinion, because Foster was doing things that running backs just weren't doing, you know, and he and he had four great seasons. And yeah, I would take Le'Veon Bell, season,
2: Bell over so. McCaffrey, too. Uh, I would, too. And it's not to slight Christian McCaffrey. It's just the body works. And it's too much. little, too late.
0: All right, so Jamie, uh, I thought Adrian Peterson was kind of an interesting call. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I think he had what fifty touchdowns in the first four seasons of the decade. Um, he was wow. uh, leading rusher twice. The two thousand yard season, you know, the MVP year um, was great. Obviously, you know the the things that'll stand out on the negative side would be. You know, the year that he was suspended and, and the, the season that he suffered the torn ACL. But what he was able to come back from, I think, is is pretty miraculous, um, as, as we've documented time and time again. Uh, the fact that he had a 1,000-yard season in his you know early 30s with the Redskins at the end of the decade, that he had a 1,000 total yards in 2019, um, you know, just his body of work over the decade, I think, speaks for itself.
0: I think now is the time to sort of talk about what we were looking for. Because, you know, deciding between a guy like Todd Gurley, who Dave has— and Lashawn McCoy, who I think me, Heath, and Jamie all have, you know, it's it's interesting because Gurley at his best was the closest thing that we've had to Ladainian Tomlinson since the you know mid aughts of two thousand. Uh, but the, I mean, you know, I, I for me, Gurley
1: feels like McCaffrey because there's not enough body of work to put him as the best running back in the All Decade team. So I, I don't know the difference. Which I'm sure you feel the same way about Ezekiel Elliott being the pick. same, so yeah. in fewer I, I just, seasons. I just don't see enough of of uh, like you said about McCaffrey too little, too late. You know, so these are going to be guys, unfortunately, that you know their careers are going to sort of bracket middle of decade, middle of decade, and I don't think they're going to ever end up as all decade type of players. Um, but you know what they did in their short span in the decade is clearly fantastic. I just don't think the body of work matches up to some of these other guys.
2: So when it came to the running backs and wide receivers, I decided that the most important factor was consistency. The guys that were able to deliver fantasy points on a regular basis. And I decided to go with non-PPR instead of PPR as my judgment, because, uh, as a factor here, because I didn't think that catching the ball was a big enough of a difference maker I wanted the true talent Why? to really come out because everybody catches footballs and and I think that it's it, it would definitely favor the wide receivers it would definitely favor guys like Christian McCaffrey and LaShawn McCoy I wanted the running backs that were able to get you 10 points non-PPR that's what you're looking for from a good running back Gurley did it 70% of the time I don't know I think Zeke did it 91% of the time, time. I'm gonna leave that out well I just I don't think that that's it wasn't laid out to me that it was going to be a PPR all decade that should be anything though I mean if catching the ball it's a big pack part of what the game is for running yeah back. but so is receiving yards and these guys got a lot of that so it wasn't just eliminating the receiving game in total but the yardage was there receiving touchdowns counted too and i thought these guys were the most consistent in the decade among those running backs who played
0: Zeke and Gurley for you, yeah. So I, I think McCaffrey's only had two years, whereas <laughs> Zeke has really had four years. really put Mercedes years.
2: Lewis on the graphic. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> so Z- <laughs> Zeke uh, Zeke is 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 on my team as a flex. Uh, I went with McCoy and Arian Foster, but Zeke makes it for me because he's had four years. As a top six running back on a per game basis in PPR, he's been top five in three of four seasons. He's been very consistent, you know, and he hasn't been injured. He got suspended for six games, which knocked him out of the top five in uh, 2000. What was it, seventeen? Uh, but or whatever it was. But yeah, Zeke Zeke. I don't know. See, it's subjective. I thought four years was enough. I didn't think two years was enough. Yo, like you want longevity? Matt Forte is a guy that's not going to make our list, but he's probably like a second.
2: Another going. Yeah. I I took a look at him, but he just wasn't, he he didn't match up well enough.
0: Not quite. Not quite elite enough, but six straight top 12 finishes. Really impressive. Jamal Charles was the man, but he just didn't do it. Enough didn't stay healthy enough. And Le'Veon Bell, three top three finishes for him. But Le'Veon's interesting because, like, where did he rank uh, at running back in the last six seasons? One in PPR. One, 47, three, two, sat out, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then 16. So in the last six years, he's had three unbelievable years and two terrible years either due the to 40, injury the 40, or Yeah, out.
2: 47. What was his per game, though? He, he had 10 or more fantasy points in four of six games that year. So right, he was pretty good, good in the games he played, and he got hurt, and he, he couldn't finish the year. So I don't think that that should necessarily be held against him. Well, He made 10 I think non-PPR does. I points think 70% of the No, longevity time. is a part of it.
0: Yeah, No, I just think being available is a part of it, too. I mean, it's not yep. necessarily his fault, but I, I also kind of took it like, if I had these guys in a dynasty league, how happy would I have been with them? So. Uh no, these these are the running back was tough. Uh let's go to wide receiver and let me just recap running back real quick. For me it's um it's McCoy and Foster. For Dave it's Zeke and Gurley. For Jamie it's McCoy and Peterson. And for Heath it's uh McC- McCoy and and uh McCaffrey. Heath also right, nominated uh, JK
1: Dobbins for best um running back of the decade in the 2010s. <laughs>
0: He, Heath has what he calls the definitive correct lineup, by the way. But uh, Jamie, who are your wide receivers?
1: I mean, you can use whichever two you want because I have three with the flex, but uh, Calvin Johnson, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones. I think those three guys were just amazing.
0: Okay, Dave?
2: Uh, Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown are my receivers.
0: Yep, Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown for me. Pretty hard to leave Julio Jones off. Not not easy, but it was, it was between him and him and Zeke at Flex, and I, I went with Zeke and uh Heath's wide receivers are
1: DJ Charge. Julio
0: Jones and Antonio <laughs> Brown. No, D-D- he D-D-Lensburg. did not he didn't put Calvin Johnson. And you know what? I, I think the argument for Calvin Johnson, like here's where he ranked at wide receiver in the six seasons that he played this decade. Six, one, one, five, 16, and twelve. So that is four straight top six finishes, two number one finishes. Is that better than Julio Jones, who had six straight seasons as a top seven wide receiver but was never number one? He was top three three times, though. So you had, like, number... Calvin Johnson was a guy that people were taking number one overall in PPR. Nobody ever said that about Julio Jones. But I could see an argument for Julio over Calvin Johnson. uh, Where I disagree with Heath is he has Larry Fitzgerald as his flex. Oh, I knew he'd put
2: Larry in there. (laughs) I knew it. Calvin from
1: from 2010 to 2013 averaged 95 catches, 1,575 yards, and 11 touchdowns.
2: Forget about that. Just over the entire course of the years he played in the decade, 14, 24, and 10.3 touchdowns per game or per season. Per game would make him the number one guy, obviously. But per season, he he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Look at how bad this list is.
0: The Heaths team?
2: (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs)
0: Breeze, McCaffrey, McCoy, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Jimmy Graham, and Larry Fitzgerald. Like, you
1: can't—we have what? One, two, six—seven spots? Six spots? I can't count. Uh-huh. Uh, seven spots. Seven. And he's got three of them that are just so wrong.
0: Who? M- the, the,
1: McCaffrey is just terrible. Graham is awful. And Fitzgerald's bad. He needs to be here. He's got to be able to defend this.
2: Like, I, I get that these players were great players for fans. He called in— <sighs> Huh. I get that these are great players who who definitely helped fantasy managers over the decade, and maybe consistency. Did a think the was, a role for him. I need I need to list all
1: players who are still playing or have the chance to play.
0: Maybe I, he look. He maybe obviously he values cumulative points and like how many times. Oh, I know. But what he's going to cumulative points, oh, and wait, wait,
1: wait, where's stop, Adrian Peters? I figured it out. I know what he did. Oh, here and to go. be fair. Well, oh God, he only did it in the in the span that he's worked here. <laughs> oh,
0: so man. where's where's the Marco Murray? Be, I think that. Jimmy Graham is a totally legit pick. I agree with you that McCaffrey is not and that Fitzgerald should not be on this list. But I think Jimmy Graham is. But look, it's it's subjective because in my opinion, the fact that Calvin Johnson was so good that people thought about taking him and did take him number one overall.
1: Same with Antonio Brown. Uh, Larry
0: Fitzgerald Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Brown is the easy one. Um Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, they didn't really get that to that level. And that, to me, was why it was so tough to decide between Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. Uh, because Gurley was, like like, and that's why Dave has him as a running back. Like I said, I think Gurley was the closest thing we had to Tomlinson. But Gurley also had a really bad second year where he was RB25, and he was RB17 this year. So he's had sort it's of only like two, years. two bust years. I think his rookie year was pretty awesome. You know, he was a big-time get in because you know he, he missed the first what four or five games five and then he was the number nine overall RB uh running back so I think it was three years for him but this is fair let's uh let's recap Dave Drew Brees uh, you want to read your team go ahead
2: Brees a quarterback Zeke and Gurley a running back Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown at wide receiver it's Rob Gronkowski at tight end not Mercedes <laughs> Lewis uh Le'Veon Bell flex flex me Le'Veon
0: all oh, right, we didn't talk about the flexes. Le'Veon Bell. All right, Jamie, your team?
1: Drew Brees, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, Rob Gronkowski, and Julio Jones.
0: Heath's awesome team. Brees, McCaffrey, McCoy, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Jimmy Graham, and Larry Fitzgerald. And my team is Breeze, LaShawn McCoy, Arian Foster, Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, Jimmy Graham, and Ezekiel Elliott.
2: So Drew Brees made every team. Mm-hmm. Did Antonio Brown make every team? Yes. So those must be the players of the decade. Dun, da, da, da. Players of the <laughs> decade.
0: All uh, right. now, now, who's the player of the decade? Gronk. No, <laughs>
1: it's Antonio Brown.
0: <laughs> Brown, it's Brown or Brees, yeah. right? By this it, logic, I think
1: it's Antonio Brown. I mean, look, you could, you could say we. I think if we listed multiple quarterbacks, we probably have a different second guy because you know Rodgers, Brady. Um, who's the other guy you said that was maybe on the list?
0: Uh, Payne Manning.
1: Payne Manning. Um, <laughs> that you know. guy. So you, you can you can probably say that there's a, there's a difference at the second spot. We all listed Brown with other receivers, but you know when we had a chance to list multiple guys, you know he makes the list. So I I think it's Brown.
0: Yeah, I agree. So let's so who would be the number two quarterback of the decade? I don't think it can be Brady. Uh, Rodgers, but Manning had that one year though. I, I would agree it's Rodgers, and I also think Russell Wilson should be in this conversation because basically he's been, um, he's just mm-hmm. been, he's just been a stud.
2: Don't forget oh, Ryan. Fitzpatrick. So Jamie says Rodgers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Wayne Goldman gets an award, Ryan Fitzpatrick had. Uh,
2: I think if you go by pure stats alone, Brady would get the nod because he threw for more yards than Rodgers, had more touchdowns, he had more interceptions, but it was only by seventeen. So I think you can make the case for Brady being that second quarterback behind breeze, but I haven't, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that. I just knew that breeze was the best and most productive quarterback of the decade. So once I realized that I stopped thinking about quarterbacks,
0: I'll give you the thought. Then Aaron Rodgers has five top two finishes and one as the, as QB one, he was top 12 in eight of 10 seasons. Tom Brady has only one top two finish, but he does has, have four top three finishes Five top six finishes, and he was top 12 in seven out of 10. So it doesn't quite measure up to Rodgers in terms of fantasy uh, impact. And then, you know, if you want to go with Peyton Manning, he was number one twice in this decade. He was fourth. He was sixth. He got hurt one year. He retired and missed the final four seasons. Final five seasons, he was nothing. So um, he had 31st and then retired. All right, good stuff, guys. This was a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed it. And can't wait to argue with Heath. When he comes back next week, some more news and notes for you here. The oh, what is this? The Giants are finalizing a deal with Joe Judge, which is the pay- to be the head coach. The to be tech? the head coach, what Joe Judge, the special teams and wide receiver? Yeah, he's the head coach of the Giants. What? What is this?
2: This is in real time.
0: Yes. I don't know. How, I, I don't know how to react. I have no opinion. I have
2: no opinion. You Great. should Good be that. happy that it's not Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett literally was a was a candidate for the Giants' coaching job from the start of our podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> Until right now, that's it. That's as much time that Jason Garrett had to be considered for the Giants job. Uh, I don't think I hate this. I don't think I hate this. It's rare to see the special teams coach get promoted to a a head coaching position. I know that John Harbaugh got, got the job from being a special teams coordinator with Philly to Baltimore, and it worked out really well there. Um, judge must, I I, I need to do my research on him, but anybody coming from the Patriots coaching staff, um, probably has a good knowledge base on how to coach just might not be able to be as good as the Patriots or beat the Patriots when they do get the opportunity. Is he bringing Josh McDaniels with him?
0: I can't imagine that he's going to get the head coaching job and McDaniels is going to be a coordinator somewhere else. No, McDaniels is going to be the head coach of the Browns. Well, you know, I don't really Look at love you're the stunned. whole Patriots coaching tree, but Why? It's getting better lately. Brian
1: Flores was awesome. I'm
0: stunned. No, it's getting better lately, but it's been mostly Bill O'Brien's wrapped, in the second round of the playoffs?
1: Matt Patricia is? How about that? Matt Patricia?
2: <laughs> he was coaching from yeah. an ATV. <laughs> All
0: right, is, fine. The,
1: Joe Mike, George, Mike Vrabel's in the second round of the playoffs? Yeah, Vrabel no, that was, that was one that I liked.
2: I, I thought that that was a good hire win. Um, I'm I'm looking up on Judge right now. The, the nice thing is you know that if you play the Patriots, you're going to win.
0: Uh, that's true, or at least you have a fifty percent chance to win. Absolutely. Well, no, no, no. Okay. It, it, it's usable. all
2: right. I got the deal. He was born July fifth, nineteen forty-seven. He's an American <laughs> lawyer and television personality, uh, formerly from Shelby County, Tennessee. A criminal court judge and a former arbiter of the arbitration-based reality court show <laughs> Judge Joe Brown.
0: I love. Oh, I love that guy. All right, I'm pumped. Wade Phillips not going to return as the Rams' defensive coordinator. Marshawn Lynch is going to play more against Green Bay. The Seahawks may not have Ziggy Ansah, defensive end, this current, this coming week against Green Bay. Uh, at Green Bay, he's been hurt all year, basically. Tom Brady reportedly played through. We knew he had an elbow injury. Also, he had a foot injury late in the season. And Packers right tackle Brian Bulaga is in the concussion protocol. Wonderful. I can't wait till they just right, start listing, draft. List,
1: listing Brady is old.
0: Oh, the, the Tim Duncan yeah. status? Sure. <laughs> So we did a mock draft yesterday, 12 teams PPR. We'll get more into it on Thursday in our next show. But three picks you like, three picks you don't like. Dave, are you ready to rock and roll here?
2: I don't have three. I have, I have two. So if, you, if right. you don't mind giving me the chances to do two that I like and two that I dislike, I'm, I'm happy to deliver on that. Uh, the first one is one that I was so angry about when I, when I took, I think it was James White in round six and Debo Samuel was still on the board. Just the biggest brain fart I could have possibly made. I would have absolutely taken Debo Samuel. And I think, Adam, was it you who took Debo Samuel? Yep. Yes, it was. Adam, fantastic pick. I wish I had made that pick myself. 78th overall. I hope I can get Debo Samuel there uh, in drafts come August. And then Devin Singletary, 36th overall. Was that one of yours, Jamie? Yes. Great pick. I'm surprised that he lasted that long. I think he's going to be a popular pick. And I bet he goes sooner when we do the non PPR version. So those were two that I really liked.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about Singletary. Last pick of round three, 36 overall. Who went ahead of him that you would have preferred Singletary to? I'll give you the picks that, that just preceded him, uh, Going, counting up Marlon Mack, Austin Eckler, DK Metcalf, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham.
1: Eckler's going to be one that we look back and say, hey, you know, not that we're going to pay attention to this draft very much, but the <laughs> ones we're going to look back and say, uh, Third round, wow. I mean, I had some people when I um, did the top tens for all of us. Heath was the only one. I'm sorry, top 20 for all of us. Heath was the only one that had him in his top 20. And he had him at 20. And, I mean, if Melvin Gordon leaves, depending on what happens with Phillip Rivers, he he could be a top ten running back in PPR. I mean, he was top five this year with Gordon playing half the season. So um, there's a lot to like about Austin Eckler if he's the guy. Is he going to be the guy, though? I would imagine if they if they have a Justin Jackson type, then yes, he's the guy. If they clearly
2: spend draft capital on right, that position, that's they, what I'm worried changing. about. Like we're not going to know that for sure right. until right. April. So for now, sure, but, but once April comes around, he I think he'll still be a top 50 pick no matter what like imagine they they oh, draft a guy this 50, year right he, he right. was top 50 pick this year when we had the Gordon Holder sure uh but i think i think that if they go and they draft a, a young stud you know they get jk dobbins hmm? well now all of a sudden he doesn't look as good but i still think people would take a chance on him right around 50th overall
0: yeah but i'm saying would you take devin singletary or Austin eckler in ppr
2: i think right now i take singletary i would too like yeah. it, it, we'd have um, to get through all yeah all, that that we'd have to get through april and see that Eckler is clearly the dude in L. A. And if that happens, then he would go ahead of Singletary. He would go ahead of a lot of people. By the way, spoiler alert: uh,
0: one of the picks I did not like was Justin Jackson, eighty ninth overall. Why? I just I don't know. I just don't see a role for him. I just think they're going to add someone. I, he's going to be a third stringer. This is where these drafts uh, are, so.
1: are, are, though. No, you're you're taking guys that could potentially be starters, you know. And if the Chargers, yeah, I, you know, I mean they have they have a lot of holes to fill, you know. So if they don't feel like Running back as one. You know they they take a he got, he got they take a third day carries they, in three games. They take a third day. Well, that's with Melvin Gordon there. You know what I mean
0: no 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 Within no. no, the, no the, I'm saying I'm saying game, first yeah three. no
1: I, I know what you're saying but I, you know I I think the thought would be is if he's you know the second guy going through training camp, that's not a bad spot for him. I don't think he's going to be. I game, guess but, but, but I mean. It,
0: they, all I'm saying is Melvin Gordon was out and they gave him 18 carries in three games. So I just don't think there's any commitment to him. I don't think he's going to be drafted. Like My guess is he just won't be fantasy relevant, but uh, whatever. Um, and then, you know, just to stick with this range, I didn't like Marlon Mack. That was one of the picks because he went 35th overall, just ahead of Devin Singletary. Because it was surprising to me that he, in PPR, Marlon Mack was the number 24 running back on a per-game basis. Um, and, you know, the so... Devin Singletary went behind him, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. He just he's just not going to catch any passes. And, you know, might be looking wide receiver there instead of Marlon Mack. He had he played 14 games. He had seven games with fewer than with single digit fantasy points in PPR. And that's just tough to take from a running back. So I didn't like that pick. I would have take. I think I'd take Singletary over Mack. Um, I would too. Me too. So Jamie, you got any picks you liked in this draft?
1: I do. Um I think you look at uh some of the ones that were later are the ones that intrigued me. First off, I think James Conner was the best value pick of the draft. Um, I think he went round six. That's just ridiculous. Now, in full disclosure, was it round six or was it later than that? It was round five. I think so it was right. round five. Yeah, I round think five. the running backs in round five um, were great. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake in that round two. Um, in full disclosure, I said this in the, in the write-up of the story as well. We're doing this draft essentially just looking at the stats page from a year ago. Um, and when I say that is because... We're in our draft rooms that aren't updated yet. So, you know, there are going to be players that, you know, like like Adam, for example, probably has an advantage over one of our producers who hasn't been studying these numbers and these players, you know, time and time again for weeks on end. So, you know, you may see somebody slip past a, a, a couple spots and you go, oh, I should have I drafted that guy. Like Dave, I think, said so about Debo Samuel. You know, maybe he wasn't just looking at the right spot to see where Debo Samuel was. So some of these guys are going to be like, I can't believe this guy's in that spot. I can't believe that guy's in that spot. You know, some of us maybe have a little bit of a different advantage, but um, I thought James Conner in round five, I I like the taking chances on, on two receivers that went back to back. And I think when one went, it signaled time to take the other one was AJ green and T Y Hilton. Both went in round six. So, um, you know, if those guys, you did the same thing with Brandon cooks, I think would you take him like round 10? Um,
0: round nine, but let me tell you about Green and Hilton because I this I should have said this. This is a PPR league, but it's three receivers and mm-hmm. a flex. Right. So I my team was very running back heavy. Three running backs with my first four picks, and there were a couple guys that I was targeting. Right. So in round five, I'm like, I really want to get Devontae Parker or Cortland Sutton. They went with the two picks right in front of me. And then in round six, I said I really want to get AJ Green or Ty Hilton. They went with the two picks right (laughs) in front of me, so that just destroyed my strategy. Yeah, and and I I thought all the running backs in round five were pretty much good values. Okay, so yeah, Connor for sure, but Carryon Johnson, Kenyon Drake, James Connor, Devontae Freeman, and your pick of Philip Lindsay. I thought that was a great round for running backs. I
1: took I took David Montgomery first pick around six. I had the twelfth pick, so um, you know you could throw him in there if you want to.
0: Yeah, so just look, in a three-receiver PPR league, you're going to get some running backs that fall. But after Montgomery, I can't imagine there were too many. No, I, I, Montgomery might have been the last like true starter Except I thought Mostert, Ronald uh I thought Jones went George, Damian Williams great pick.
1: George Masselli's pick of Kareem Hunt was interesting because if he ends up as a free agent somewhere it could be True. you know, you know really good player. Um you know Sony Michelle went in round 6. You know who knows what this Patriots offense looks like. Dave said he took James White. You know we know what he does in PPR. Uh Raheem Mostert in round 7. I thought that was a good pick too. You know just if he's the Yeah. Potential lead guy for uh for the 49ers and then like you said I took Damian Williams at the end of round 7.
0: Okay, so running backs fell a little bit, especially the ones that sort of came on late and didn't show up in the full season stats like Jamie was referencing. Were there any other picks you liked that you wanted to talk about?
1: I mean, there were some receivers that went late, you know, uh, after round 10. Um, I took Hunter Renfro. We know he closed the season. He was really good. You know, we'll see what he does coming back next year. Jameson Crowder, you know, is, uh, is somebody that could still be, you know, a very good fantasy option. Marvin Jones went in, in round 10 as well. Um, I took uh, Preston Williams at the end of round 11. You know, we'll see what he does Um, coming back off the torn ACL. uh, That could be somebody that, you know, jumps up a few spots. Um, The Steelers guys, the second tier Steelers guys went late. Uh, I took Deontay Johnson around nine. James Washington went around 12. It's really good value for Washington if he's, you know, the number two guy there with Ben Roethlisberger back. That was one of the picks that stood out to me on the negative side. Not that I don't think he can get there, but it just felt a little too soon was Juju Schuster uh, with the second pick in round two.
0: Oh right, yeah, let, we'll get to the picks we don't like. The picks I liked: Adam Thielen, thirty eighth overall. I basically, I'm not going to repeat everything I said on Monday's show, but 2017 he was uh, he was the number twelve wide receiver in non number eight in PPR. 2018 he was the number seven wide receiver overall, and he was off to a great start in 2019 before the injury. He was number six in non PPR, number ten in PPR. So Adam Thielen going thirty eighth overall before the next two wide receivers off the board were A.J. Brown and Tyler Lockett. And I think Thielen makes sense there. <clears throat> and then 10 picks after Thielen, Julian Edelman, number six wide receiver in PPR this year. He's almost a lock for right around 100 catches, 1,100 yards. I mean, he's if Julian Brady's Edelman. There. So, Yeah, and I and I think people mostly approach this like things are going to be pretty much the same now. as or. But that's why know. he fell. That's probably Not, why he fell. Right. Yeah, so I thought Edelman was a good pick, and uh, the round five running backs were picks I liked. So the picks you didn't like. Oh, I should have mentioned something. I didn't. Davis, <laughs> Dave left. Dave was pulled off of, uh, to do some HQ to talk about Joe Judge. You need to be watching CBS Sports HQ, though, because we have the breaking news reaction. Something happens. You want some instant fantasy reaction? You turn on CBS Sports HQ. Download the CBS Sports HQ app, and you can watch. It's 24-7 streaming, free to download. Put it on your Roku or your Apple TV or Amazon Fire or whatever. It's great, great programming. All right, which picks didn't you like, Jamie?
1: Uh, Juju was just I felt a little bit too soon. I, I you know didn't love that uh, pick in that spot. Um, there weren't Where a was lot. That again? Juju, yeah, the first pick around Second pick around two. Excuse oh, okay. me,
2: second. pick. Um, okay,
1: yep. I didn't like that one. I there weren't a lot of picks that really stood out to me that I didn't like. Um, I didn't like that you took Beckham thirtieth too. overall <laughs> and, over uh, Keenan Allen he, and Kenny Galladay. I mean that just felt a little too soon for me.
0: Nah, yeah, it was Galladay and Beckham. That's what I was down to there. Um, The pick I didn't like was the one right before at Allen Robinson, 29th overall. That just feels like a safety pick, you know, between Beckham who has huge upside and Kenny Galladay, who was better than Allen Robinson this year without his quarterback. uh, I don't, I'm not a big Allen Robinson guy. I know the season he just had, but these are his PPR points per game in his four healthy seasons, 19, 12.4, 11.7, and 15.5. You don't know what you're going to get from him, so I, I think like him I think if he's if he's healthy because he
1: he ba- you say you say four healthy seasons. I'm assuming you're including 2017, his first year with Chicago, because he played no, through a bunch of in- 20, excuse me 2018. He played through a bunch of injuries yeah. that's that year, and then he's been saddled with Blake Bortles, who gave him his best season, but also gave him some pretty crappy ones. You no, know, so um, well, I he's think he's got the-
0: Trubisky. Like I don't like Trubisky. No, but what, what I'm saying is I I think Trubisky's this year there.
1: I think this year. Is the numbers you should expect from him close to the ceiling? I don't think it's okay. the full ceiling, let me but give I think you, it's close to the ceiling.
0: Let me give you a split then. And, and yeah, no, you're right. Like, this is his ceiling, and he was the number eight wide receiver or close to his ceiling. Let me give you these splits and tell me if they mean anything to you. I know Taylor Gabriel is not like a great player, but the last five games without Taylor Gabriel, he was on pace for 186 targets, 112 catches, 10 touchdowns, over 1,200 yards. The first eleven games with Taylor Gabriel was still really good. It was ninety two catches, one thousand one hundred eleven yards, six touchdowns on hundred and forty targets. But that's a, a pace of forty six fewer targets, four fewer touchdowns, hundred fewer yards, twenty fewer catches. So that late season surge coincided with an injury to another wide receiver. I think Andre Burton. Well,
1: to be fair, Anthony Miller's numbers spiked. During that time. So that, I think, is the bigger factor because Miller essentially picked up the slack for what Gabriel and Burton were doing almost combined. Plus what you factor in what, you know, Robinson's boost was, you know, so I think that's where those numbers were made up. The problem I have with Robinson is if this is Miller's role consistently, you know, can he be a six, seven target guy? And then you have Gabriel taking three to five targets, and Burton getting three to five targets, and Terry Cohen getting you know his his work plus Montgomery on the backfield. That I think is what's going to hurt Robinson is everybody there if they're all working. It's not just Gabriel being back and Burton being back. I think it's is Miller's role expanding.
0: Sure. Okay, you didn't like my taking of Beckham, thirtieth overall.
1: I, I want to see the coaches. I think that's going to be big, but. Just, you know, I I just wonder where Beckham's at right now. You know, is he always going to be injury plagued? You know, he played through injuries this year, but we know he's had a hard time staying healthy. And how much did that groin injury really impact him? He just did not look like he was very explosive. I don't know if that was Baker, if it was the offense. He just didn't separate very much when you watch him.
0: We will talk about more of this. We'll talk more about this draft, excuse me, on our next show on Thursday. Let's read some emails to finish things up here. This is from Matt. The email address, by the way, is at cbsi.com. Matt wants to know: uh, Can you do a live first round mock draft for a startup dynasty league? And uh, <laughs> I was—I thought if Dave were here, it would be fun. I don't know. You want to give us a shot? Well, I—I I, guess, I guess I want to know
1: is—I guess I want to know is—is it a veteran draft and then a rookie draft, or is it no, a I think it's complete? So
0: you need the rookies you know you need the rookies i think, our, our, I think you got to wait till the nfl draft
1: the dynasty draft that we did in the office we did a veteran draft and then we did a rookie draft And All the right, so we, the w- way we did it was yeah go ahead we did uh reverse order so whoever picked is 14 teams whoever picked 14th had the first pick in the rookie draft um which <laughs> worked out really well for me cuz i had the 13th pick in the veteran draft you want to hear about dumb luck in the veteran draft my first pick i forget what year this was 2016 so Veteran draft. What was McCaffrey's rookie year, 2017? Yeah, eight seventeen. No, 2018. No, 17 was his rookie uh, He just finished year three. McCaffrey and Fournette just finished year three. So 2017. Mm -hmm. So my first pick at 13th overall was Des Bryant because I went with the approach of, I'm just going to try and win this now. I don't know how long this league is going to go. My second pick was Michael Thomas (laughs) in round two. Heath was like... Jumping up and down, thinking that I was not going to take Michael Thomas in round two for some reason, probably because I was stupidly enough passed on him in round one. Um, I had the second pick in the rookie draft. First pick that year was Leonard Fournette. I took McCaffrey. So for the last three years, I've had McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. That's,
0: that's pretty why good. I, that's
1: why I won you League. Won, two, you won this year. Two of three years. Yeah. <laughs> two years in and a row. Two okay. of three years. No.
0: Yeah. We got like we got like three minutes left. Sorry. So so let's just say that no, we can't do a dynasty league uh, draft right now. We will do it after the NFL draft. Uh, how much – here's a question from Will. How much value does McCole Hardman gain when Sammy Watkins gets cut because he's making so much money next season and Demarcus Robinson walks in free agency? Does McCole Hardman jump into the wide receiver two conversation? I can Will keep Brinson? Metcalf in the 12th or, or Hardman in the 13th. What would you do?
1: Metcalf in the 12th. All
0: right, but how much do you like McColl Hardman? Is he kind of a sleeper right now?
1: Um, he is, but I still need to see what they do fully because you know they still may draft another guy they still may add another free agent you know they were they were surprised in what they paid sammy watkins a couple years ago so they may still be aggressive to try to find another weapon for for petra Mahomes.
0: this email is from Sindre or cinder not sure how to pronounce it i apologize lamar miller what is his future like what's his trade value i have lamar miller in one of two dynasty leagues should i trade him away for uh trade for him or just keep lamar miller in one of two leagues I
1: don't see much value for an aging running back coming off a ACL tear. You know, we'll see what they do. But I mean, we know that Bill O'Brien hasn't exactly been enamored with Lamar Miller. He likes him, but you know, I, I guess if I'm looking at Lamar Miller, I'm looking for probably what Carlos Hyde gave me, which wasn't bad.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from JW Moore. We're entering the third year of our keeper league and we'll be choosing two players to have for next year. I'm planning on keeping Kamara but I'm split between Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, and Derrick Henry for my second keeper. It is standard scoring. Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Derrick Henry, who would you go with? It's
1: Between Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry, and since it's non-PPR, I'd probably go with Derrick Henry and just you know, load up on receivers.
0: From Gary, I'm in a 12-team PPR league. It's a keeper league. We can keep three keepers, and it's, uh, the cost is one round the next year. So you can only keep one of your first two draft picks. I took Dalvin Cook in the second and Kamara in the first, but I can only keep one. So, who are you keeping, Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara?
1: I'm keeping Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think you know what we saw from him this year was pretty special. What we saw in the playoff game was was pretty special. Um, you know, you're always gonna have to worry about injuries, but the ceiling is is pretty high for him. Not that the ceiling is not high for Kamara, but you've also seen what the floor can be. So, right now, I like Cook better.
0: Just want to take a look at his catches. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, let's see. I don't know these numbers off the top of my head. Dalvin Cook had 53 catches in 14 games, so that's a bonus. That's a plus in, in PPR. That's good stuff.
1: And now it, it's, it's All right. looking. It's looking like you know, from Dalvin Cook's perspective, Kevin Stefanski was a potential head coaching candidate. Uh, Carolina was one team that was looking at him. I, you know, clearly they're they're set with their guy Matt Rule. Uh, the Giants. I don't know if that was a team that was going to consider him. They're set with their guy now. So. Uh, unless Cleveland decides to make him the, the head coach there, it seems like he'll be back as the office coordinator for the Vikings, which is good for Dalvin Cook.
0: Well, this was a fun show. All right. I loved it. I think we did better than Ricky Gervais, although I thought Ricky Gervais was fine. I thought the opening monologue was fine. People were cr- killing it. I thought he did well. Was uh, just a little aside there. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, right. But uh, thank you all for, for voting and for listening to today's show. The All-Decade team was great. We appreciate it. Can't wait to talk about it with Heath. More Mock Draft Review, more of your emails on Thursday's show. We'll talk to you then. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to
1: Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.